The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Praise His Greatness. That is what I'm talking about. Praise His Greatness. If you're making notes, you might want to jot that down. And would you please turn so long to Psalm 145, and we'll get there in a few moments' time. Now, folks, I sense today that we needed to magnify the Lord and magnify specifically the greatness of God today. And so I submit to you that I believe that this is something that God prompted in my heart and stirred, and I believe it's relevant. I believe that we need to hear it, that this is a day to magnify the greatness of God, to lift up His name, to shout His praise. We've already been doing that. And to declare how wonderful our God is and how powerful God is. Now, don't just sit there. Can I get an amen or something, all right? So we are going to praise His greatness. And in the midst of great turmoil that we are facing in our world, let's put our focus on the right place. Set your mind on things above, not on things in the earth. And you know what? I find myself that sometimes I can start to focus on all of the issues and the problems that we find in our world, and you'd probably find the same thing, that you start to get a little disheartened when you do that. But when you lift your vision higher, when you begin to lift your eyes and you begin to look to the Lord, set your mind on things above, God helps you. And that is a faith perspective that causes you to rise. And one of the best ways in which to set your mind on things above is you begin to praise God, you begin to praise His greatness, and you set your focus in the right place. Now, there was a song a number of years ago that was released by, or made popular by a pastor by the name of Tom Ingalls. And uh, Tom Ingalls, a number of years ago, he preached in Choose Life, probably five years ago, I guess. And so he wrote this song called, We Lift Up Our Eyes. Some of you may remember that song. And it is appropriate for this time now. And the words go like this. We lift up our eyes above the troubles in our land. That could also be in our world. And together we stand to declare you as king. In times like these, we choose to praise you. For it's you. It's you who really matters. You are worthy of our praise. That resonates with my heart today. And I want to say to you, child of God, as you're listening to me, also in the overflow hall I want to say, can I encourage you to lift up your eyes above the troubles that we are facing and choose to praise Him? It is such a good decision to do that. Choose to praise God. Amen? And so I'm going to read to you Psalm 145, and this is the first 13 verses. And as I read this, I'm not just going to rush through it at high speed. I want to read it with meaning. I want to read it with emphasis on different things. And would you allow this psalm to get your heart into that whole praising dimension and praising the greatness of God? Psalm 145, 1 to 13 from the New King James Version. So this is a psalm of David. This is a praise of David. And here we go. Verse 1. It says, I 
will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Let every word sink in. Every day, that's today, I will praise your name forever and ever. And then verse 3 is our key verse today. Great is the Lord. Would you please say that with me? Great is the Lord. With a bit more passion, great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Isn't that beautiful? And on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts. And I will declare your greatness. That's the psalmist. And we come into agreement and we say, I will declare your greatness. Verse 7. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness. And shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints. Do we have any saints here today? And your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. You know what? Sometimes we begin to talk about the wrong things. The confession of our mouths are negative things, are disappointing things, are things that we're struggling with, and we talk about that too much. And this says that they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. Notice the focus. And they shall talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Do you believe that God's kingdom is glorious and majestic? Well, it is. And then the last verse, verse 13, it says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Do you realize his kingdom is never going to end? Never, ever. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. And we say, the Lord bless the reading of His holy word. Amen. But what a powerful psalm. What a powerful declaration. And we agree and we say amen. But just to revisit verse 3, the key focus as we're talking about praise, His greatness. It says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Now, there are three things that I'd like to share, three points with you. And at the end, then I have something to read to you to declare the greatness of God. Point number one. God is most definitely great. Number one, God is most definitely great. There are no ifs and buts about this. Without a doubt, God is great. 
He is entirely, completely, and utterly great. And our text today, Psalm 145, verse 3, but now, just to read it to you in the Amplified Bible, it says there, great is the Lord. There it is, in Scripture. Great is the Lord. And highly to be praised, and His greatness is so vast and profound as to be unsearchable, incomprehensible to man. Beautifully put in the Amplified Bible. Now, let me say this, that in this psalm, David, who is the psalmist here, it's as though he's consumed. He's consumed with a holy determination that he is going to exalt God, that he is going to bless God, that he is going to praise God, and it's so wonderful to read. And at times, we need to remind ourselves of the greatness of God. Now, in essence, the psalm is talking about the greatness of God. Now, as you are listening to me today, perhaps you really need to hear this psalm today. Perhaps, or, 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 or maybe you need to hear this psalm, especially because the greatness of God has kind of faded a little bit in your thinking and in your heart and in your mind. It might be that the greatness of God has sort of dissolved a little bit in your thinking because of many things that you've gone through and frustrations and difficulties. And so I want to say to you loud and clear today, don't make God small because He simply is not small. Don't make God small in your eyes, but let God, the Almighty God, let Him be magnified today. In this place, in this broadcast, in our hearts and lives, let God be magnified. It says in Psalm 34, verse 3, it says, For you are great, talking about praise His greatness. You are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. God stands alone. He doesn't need to have anybody to give Him some sort of a credit or authority that He can stand as God. No. He is God, He is God alone, and He stands alone in that greatness as the Almighty God. Listen to the statement. It says the following. It says, God defines greatness, and all other uses of the word are mere echoes of that greatness. Very true statement. There's a verse in Jeremiah 32, verse 17 in the Good News Bible, and it says this. It says, Sovereign Lord... You have made the earth and the sky and the heavens by your great power and might. And this phrase, which I love, nothing is too difficult for you. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe that when, when the Bible says that, oh God, nothing is too difficult for you, do you believe it in your hearts? Because I believe if we believe anything less than that, then we have made God too small in our eyes. But the scripture says, nothing is too difficult for you. And I want to tell you today that God can. Why can He? Because He is the great I am. God can because He is God. I heard a statement once that says, expect great things from God because He can. And I want to say to you today that God can open up employment for you if you are needing employment. He can. 
I want to say to you that God can prosper your business even in times of drought and famine because He is God. I want to say to you that God can give you the desires of your heart. I want to say to you that nothing is impossible for God, that God can restore relationships that you may have even written off in your own heart and life. And I have just a little testimony to share with you. I can't share much about it because it's in the early stages of what God is doing, and I want to wait until it more fully is realized. But you know what? In my own heart and life, I am beginning to see God restoring something that I never, ever thought that He would restore. And I am standing amazed at God. In my life, there were certain things that I felt, yes, I, I, I sense that God's going to restore this, God's going to restore that, God's going to restore that. But in recent weeks, something has begun to happen, and it has to do with something that my dad was involved in many years ago, and God is busy allowing favor and drawing me into something of a movement around this, and I believe that in time to come, I will share the testimony with you, but I never thought that God would restore that area. But you know what? God does exceedingly abundantly above what we're thinking or expecting. And so I want to tell you, I really believe that there are some areas you may have written off. And I believe that God is saying to you today that I can do beyond what you're asking or thinking. And so uh, I want to tell you loud and clear today that God is most definitely great. Come on, give the Lord a hand. He is most definitely great. Number two, God's greatness is greater than anyone can comprehend. God's greatness is greater than anyone can comprehend. In other words, His greatness is unsearchable. And in Psalm 145 verse 3, reading now from the contemporary English version, it says, You are wonderful, Lord, and you deserve all praise. Because you are, listen to this, much greater than anyone can comprehend. Much greater than anyone can comprehend. The New King James Version says his greatness is unsearchable. That means that nobody can really comprehend his greatness. Now, what does it mean when the psalmist says his greatness is unsearchable? It basically means that God's greatness will never be sufficiently grasped by mankind. That's what it's saying. Your greatness is unsearchable. It means that greatness will never be sufficiently grasped. It will never be fully grasped by mankind because His greatness is too vast for us to comprehend. And you know what? I actually really like that. Because if the greatness of God could be comprehended by my mere human understanding or your mind, it would mean that he's not God because he's just simply not great enough to be God. But his, uh, his greatness is beyond comprehension. It is greater than anyone that can comprehend. And Job 5 verse 9, I like this from the NIV, it says, He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. Notice that phrase, cannot be fathomed, and miracles that cannot be counted. 
And you know what? This phrase of cannot be fathomed, this tells us that the wonders of God are too great to be figured out because He's God. (laughs) And another verse is also in Job, Job 11 verse 7 in the Good News Bible. It says, can you discover the limits and the bounds of the greatness and power of God? The answer is no. Can you and I measure and comprehend and put into a box and size up the greatness of God? No, we cannot do that because His greatness is unsearchable. It is beyond our wildest dreams. And so I want to say that God's greatness, it cannot be comprehended. It is unsearchable. But based on the little bit of greatness that we begin to understand of God, we begin to bless and honor and praise His name. And perhaps one day in heaven we'll begin to see greater dimensions of the greatness of God. Point number three, the last point I want to share with you. The right response to a God so great is never-ending praise. Would you agree with that? The right response to a God so great is never-ending praise. And our text today mentions these words, greatly to be praised. That is the truth of the Word of God. Talking about His greatness, and it is greatly to be praised. Simply put, folks, Because God is so great and awesome, we should praise Him like crazy. That's John's NIV, John's nice, interesting version, all right? Because He is so awesome and He is so great, it should cause a response within us in which we want to praise Him like crazy, praise Him now and praise Him in the future. It's the way that we respond rightly to the greatness of God. His greatness is worthy of great praise. It says in Psalm 150, verse 2 in the NIV, it says, praise Him for His acts of power, and then this part, praise Him for His surpassing greatness. We're talking about praising His greatness, and this says, praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Can I get a hallelujah from anybody about this? Amen? Hallelujah. And do you know that throughout the Bible, we see evidence and stories and examples of the greatness of God, and it causes praise. And I think in terms of, God, of God's greatness, I think of the creation of the world. I mean, how did He stretch out the heavens? How did He separate the land and the water and all of that? We don't know because His greatness is awesome. But when we look at creation, we just say, what an awesome God. Wow. God's greatness should be uh, evident, and we should see God's greatness as we think of the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, how did He part the Red Sea? How did the Israelites walk across on dry land? We see God's greatness in the glorious starry heavens at night. Is there anyone that loves to look up at the stars and just think how incredible God is? Well, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. And you know what? They are showing us something of the greatness of God. We see God's greatness in the fact that He sustains the entire universe. Do you know that the Bible says that God sustains man and beast? 
And right now, through His greatness, He is sustaining it. He is holding it together. We see God's greatness so powerfully in redemption that comes through the cross. Salvation that comes through the cross. And you know what? One day, according to the book that we read, in the end, it tells us that we will see God's greatness in the judgment that will one day take place. And so right through the entire Bible, we see the evidence of the greatness of God. And you know what the right response is to such greatness? It is that we should bow down before the Lord. It is that we should worship Him in the beauty of holiness. And the right response to a God so great is never-ending praise. And you know what? Praise should be part of our lifestyle. When you wake up in the morning, let there be a phrase of praise that comes out of your heart. Thank you, God. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I have the life of God in me. Praise shouldn't just happen Sundays here in church or at home online. Praise should happen there in, in the morning time, at lunchtime, in the early evening. Let a praise expression come out. At night when you put your head on the pillow, let praise come out of your heart. And then the next day it starts all over again. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. And you know what will happen one day when you and I get to heaven? We will be in an environment of the most incredible, indescribable praise of the surpassing greatness of God, you and I, even though you might have a voice that's in the joyful noise category, there you're going to sing beautifully. You're going to sing beautifully. And we will be part of the song of the redeemed, praising God for all eternity. And so I felt that this morning it was so important that we would praise His greatness. Number one, God is most definitely great. Number two, God's greatness is greater than anyone can comprehend. Therefore, it's unsearchable. And thirdly, the right response to a God so great is never-ending praise, ceaseless praise. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand of praise, would you? Amen. Now, I want to end off with something specific right now. It's something that I'd like to read to you, which I find very beautiful. And, <clears throat> and some years ago, I remember a pastor somewhere reading this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's entitled, That's My King. Now, this was from a message delivered by a pastor in California in 1976, a pastor, Shadrach Lockridge. And now as I read this, this is just basically declaring how wonderful God is. And I want to ask you, both here and in the Baobab Hall, would you please not keep quiet when I begin to read this? But would you, if it excites you, perhaps even just a little, begin to say yes or amen or get excited and maybe towards the end you just want to shout out the praises of God. And so this is from 1976 and it's entitled, That's My King. Here we go. That's my king. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. 
He's the king of all the ages. He is the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him today? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He is enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He is immortally graceful. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. Do you know him? I wonder, do you know him? He is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He is the Son of God. He is the sinner's Savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He is unparalleled and he is unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in all of human literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one who qualified to be our all-sufficient Savior. I wonder, do you know him today? Do you know him? Well, he supplies strength to the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick and he cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives and he defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged and he rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder, do you know my God? Do you know my King? He is the key to knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. He is the gateway of glory. I wonder, do you know him? Do you know the king? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Oh, I wish I could describe him to you. But you know what? He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind and you can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found that they couldn't stop the mighty God. Pilate couldn't find any fault with him. Herod could not kill him. The grave couldn't handle him. Sorry, death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him back. Yes, that's my king. That's my king. That's my king. Hallelujah! Yes! That's my king. The grave couldn't hold him down. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Maybe you just want to lift up your hands to the Lord. 
and we say, oh God, almighty God, we bless you as our king. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. There is no one like our God. We praise your greatness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And we say, Lord, you are awesome, awesome, awesome. We love you, Lord. And Father, right now, we want to move into celebrating the covenant meal and having communion with you. Thank you that we can partake in communion right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. By the way, wasn't that so beautiful to read that? So powerful. And I remember hearing it years ago, and it stirred my heart. There's something about praising God in such a powerful way. Well, I trust that you have the bread and the cup ready. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, then you should partake in communion. And uh, every one of you here in the auditorium in the Baobab Hall, you have received a, a little disposable uh, cup and bread for communion. And before we partake, may I just read to you, this is from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26 in the New Living Translation. And Paul is speaking, the Apostle Paul, he says, For I pass on to you that which I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Thank you, Jesus. Do this to remember me. In the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us lift up the bread and pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that we are so blessed and privileged to partake of the covenant meal because we are your children, washed by the blood of Jesus. As we hold up this wafer, we remind ourselves of all that you did to purchase our salvation, Lord. We remind ourselves of that, and we thank you that you are the only one, Jesus, that could come and take away the sin of the world. As we break this, we remind ourselves of the price you prayed, paid, of the pain you endured, of the stripes you were given, but you did it because of your love for us, and we thank you for your body. We thank you for a covenant relationship with you, the body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Father, it's a joy, with great joy, we lift up the cup. We know that the bread spoke of the body of the Lord Jesus, and the cup, this grape juice, represents 
the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you, folks, we do not understand how immensely privileged we are to partake in this. Oh, how blessed we are. <laughs> and so, Lord, as we lift up the cup, we are thankful and grateful. And, Lord, we also just say for things that we've said or done lately that have not pleased you, we sorry, Lord, we want to keep our hearts clean towards you. But we thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. And so we want to partake and receive everything that you have for us. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. Let's partake. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, you just allow. Allow your heart to be grateful to God. When somebody gives you a gift, the right response is to say thank you. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, we say thank you to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work of salvation that we are privileged to take part in. And I thank you that we stand righteous before you. Thank you that we are righteous. Thank you that there's no condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus. And so we will not allow condemnation to occupy our hearts and minds. But we will see ourselves as you see us, Father, righteous by the blood of Jesus. And we say thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. And Lord, I end off now by blessing your people. And I speak over every one of you. I say that the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. And we all say amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.